Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Margaret Mead Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. Hey, Raquel. Hey, Mom. How are you? Doing good. Feels good to be back. Yes, I have missed you terribly. It's been very lonely in the podcasting world without you, but I know how busy you were because I actually did help you uh, for one of your weddings. So um, it's good to have you back in the podcast studio. And it is that season, you know, time for cootie. So we both have a little, um, you know, scratchy voices. So apologies to our listeners in 35 countries. Well, feels good to be back. Sorry I left you hanging, but Fall is wedding and event season here in Texas, so my job is very seasonal. I'm very busy in the spring, very busy in the fall, and now I get to relax and spend some time with my family for the holidays. Excellent. So what did you think about the little mini episode that I published last week on fear and how it actually actually does help survival of our species? Yeah, I thought it was great, and I thought it was interesting to hear about fear as an evolutionary tool to help us survive, because it does make sense. Like you said, if you are a little bit more of a cautious person, it's because you are trying to survive. And uh, (laughs) I've got kids, so I'm very cautious. And I I honestly, like before we go somewhere or we do something, I also like I run through in my mind about scenarios that could happen to try to keep us safe. So um, yeah, I use that as a way to try to survive. (laughs) Yes, and animals do as well. Uh, so there's a lot of different uh, reasons why fear is healthy for humans. And it was interesting to know that there is a gene where some people actually know about fear philosophically and conceptually, but they don't feel it. So they can Those walk down. Fearless people, yeah, when you have no fear you may not um, survive as long as some of the other creatures on the planet, right? Right, exactly. So anyways, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was a little short mini. Uh, So before we dive into today's topic, we're going to talk a little bit about Native American Heritage Month, the whole month of November. Uh, But what did you do for the planet this week, Raquel? So I've been busy with weddings and events. And as you know, that's this time of year right now. But I'm always working to made my business a little bit more sustainable every time I'm like, okay, well, what can we do? Because it is a very wasteful industry. And the longer I've done it, the more I realize, wow, this is really just wasteful. But um, instead of, you know, not doing weddings anymore, I'm trying to figure out how to make my business a little bit more sustainable. So um, ways that we do that is we always, always, always break down boxes. Well, first we we pull the ones that are great for transporting arrangements and we reuse them because that's one of the second things. Reduce, reuse, recycle last, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we recycle our boxes. We reuse them. We're always breaking them down. It's, it's a chore, right? Being an earthy girl sometimes 
is a little bit more work, but you do feel better knowing that you're doing something and you're helping the planet out. So we do spend time. I put it in our schedule every week to break down boxes, take them to recycling. We reuse all of the water and buckets to water my garden and my rose bushes since my studio is here at my home. I have a flower barn on the back of my property. And so I'm able to rose, uh, water my roses and the flowers over there. So I love doing that. But guess what? We have also been incorporating more silk flowers into our designs, like arches and stairwells. This weekend, we did some beautiful chandeliers. And so I've been incorporating more silk flowers. That way we can reuse them over and over and over and over and over again, right? Almost endless amount of times, whereas real flowers have a timeline. And I do try to compost them as much as possible. But after weddings, a lot of times they just end up in the trash. So repurposing in the shop, reusing, recycling at work. But then I've also been trying to reduce my food waste. I feel like that's a big thing in my kitchen I'm trying to do making chilies and soups right now. It's that great time of year to just toss everything in there before it expires, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So chilies are a great way to throw any kind of vegetables that are, you know, getting close to their expiration date or any kind of meats or just, you know, look at the expiration. If it's looking like it's going to go out soon, toss it in a soup, toss it in a chili, or you can freeze it. So definitely been trying to focus on food waste in the kitchen and just how I can be more sustainable there. Yes, well done. Uh, <clears throat> and the same, it goes here at my house. Um, but honestly, uh, I love the fall too. I know it's busy wedding season, but it's also a good growing season here in uh, North Texas. So I have been doing a lot of gardening, uh, weeding, uh, repainting. I'm repainting some uh, hanging baskets. I'll put some new annuals in. And of course, I recycle all of my soil. And then I add my uh, coffee grounds every day and uh, the eggshells and put that into my, what I like to call my designer soil. So I reuse all my soil, uh, taking out any of the old roots from annuals and whatnot, and then uh, repurpose that soil. So, and, and I love buying a new can of spray paint and freshening up my planters so I can keep reusing those. And of course, when they get a little ratty, they go in the trash. And then I also recycle all of my planters you can drop those off at many of your big box uh nurseries will take those like home uh depot or lowe's i know for sure lowe's will take those uh recycled little planters so i do that and then of course you know gray water i've got uh, all my garden front and back water today so even though i'm a little under the weather i still do that gray water that is something is a daily for me and then of course um this weekend, uh, we went to go watch your boy play in his playoff game. And so I found myself picking up litter on the playing field when we were leaving. So I had quite a little stash of litter. And then, of course, uh, when my husband and I went down to the beach uh, the last weekend in October, I found myself picking up trash uh, on the beach. So, you know, now that it's good walking season, you know, here in Texas, uh, I find myself more, you know, doing more of the litter picking up, you know, like, kind of like you, how you do fall and spring for weddings. I do fall and spring for picking up litter uh, because, you know, it gets too hot or too cold to walk uh, in other seasons. So that's pretty much what I've been up to purchasing power, of course, every time um, picking up 
almost all of my skincare and glass and just saying no to, you know, as many, as much plastic as possible. Like even I got, I know I got some looks at, at the, at the game last Saturday because I show up with my water in a recycled wine jar, wine bottle. So I'm sure people may have thought I was a little loco, but it's okay. It's all good. It's all part of being an earthy girl. So uh, no worries on that. Okay. So uh, some of us, and, and it's really new to me, Raquel, finding out that November, the entire month of November, is uh, delegated to Native American heritage. So tell us a little bit about how that came out and how it came to be. Yeah, I'm like you. This is kind of new, but we're also Native American, so we'll talk a little bit more about that later and mm-hmm. share our story. So August 3rd, 1990, President George W. Bush declared the month of November as National American Indian Heritage Month. So you want to say Native American Indian and not just Indian because Indians are from India. Native American Mm -hmm. Indians are from Native America. So also referred to as just Native American Heritage Month. The bill read in part that the president has authorized and requested to call upon federal, state, and local governments, groups, organizations, and the people of the United States to observe such month with appropriate programs, ceremonies, and activities. This landmark bill honoring America's tribal people represented a major step in the establishment of the celebration, which began in 1976 when a Cherokee Osage Indian named Jerry C. Elliott, High Eagle, authored Native American Awareness Week legislation, the first historical week of recognition in the nation for Native people. So that was in the 70s. This led to 1986 when Ronald Reagan proclaiming November 23rd through 19, through, sorry, November 23rd through the 30th as American Indian Week. So that was in 1986. So 1990, President George Bush declared the entire month of November. So we're going to give you guys a little bit of Native American history here. Yes. So now that now that we know that November is known as Native American History Month, uh, it really is a way for people of Native American descent to have a platform. So uh, to share our food, our culture, our tradition, music, our crafts, our dances, and most importantly, our concepts of life, because being a Native American means first and foremost, that we are very close to the earth. And, you know, I even have a good um, meditation uh, that's very Native American where we talk, you know, Mother Earth and Father Sky um, meet in me and flow. And so I will do that too, especially while I'm grounding outside. So it's, you know, the month is really just a platform Uh, for people to, you know, host events, try some of the Native American uh, culinary dishes, and then also for cities and states and counties to, you know, possibly do some some education, you know, building bridges, uh, understanding and friendship uh, in their local area. So federal agencies are really encouraged to provide education and programs for their employees regarding Native American history, rights, culture, and contemporary issues so that we can kind of, you know, blend in uh, education, but also have people have more awareness. So that's really the important word is just awareness, because once you become aware, as we both know, then that's when the conversation can start. So, and really, Raquel, I'm going to be quite honest. I've, I've just 
like last month or this month, been hearing a few more PSAs. And so I looked into, I just went to DuckDuckGo and Googled it right away. And I was just like, oh my God, it is. It's the whole month. Why did I not know this? Because as you know, we are Native Americans. So tell, tell our listeners how, you know, I, I still remember this day so clearly. I can remember <laughs> it exactly how it happened. You called me from a bus in Austin and you were like, mom, mom, I know why you love New Mexico so much. And I said, well, I know, I know, because my ancestors told me I needed to go. And you're like, no, but mom, there's a real connection. And so tell our listeners what, how that kind of happened. Well, yes. I mean, I don't remember what year, but I think I was probably 12 or 13, maybe the first time we went to New Mexico. Do you remember the year? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of packed us up and said, we're going to Santa Fe and Taos family. And we said, okay. And you were like, you, you kids can ski. Cause you know, my brother and I were skiers at that time. And so we went and it was beautiful. We loved it, but you wanted to keep going back year after year after year. So spent all of my high school, pretty much uh, new year's eves in, in New Mexico. Right. And we pack up the car and it was only a 10 hour drive from us here in Texas And we all kind of fell in love with the region, with the people, with the culture of Santa Fe and Taos, New Mexico. And I just kind of thought, okay, well, you know, mom's a little crazy, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Um, Her ancestors are telling her to go. She feels this, this call to New Mexico. But a few years later, I went to University of Texas and my, my degree is actually in biological anthropology, which is pretty much evolution and genetics. And there's a little botany in there too that I studied. So that's my love of plants. But one of my classes was anthropological genetics. So pretty much the genetics of humans, right? Because anthropology is the study of humans. I was just studying the particular scientific biology side of it. And we took a class. And that class was one of the classes that we had in the semester was to sequence our DNA. And this was way long before any any of the DNA kits like Ancestry.com or 23andMe. So people weren't doing this back then. It was kind of a really cool opportunity that I got to do. And even more, more particular, we were sequencing our mitochondrial DNA. So we were taking our own genome because we were learning about the genome of past humans We got to sequence our own genome, but we really focused in on the mitochondria. And if you remember from biology class, mitochondria is the organelle in your cell that is known as the powerhouse. It is Mm -hmm. responsible for making your energy, ATP. It takes all the food that you eat and and it turns it into, because we're consumers, we're not plants, right? We don't just go outside and soak up sunlight and and we're energized. We have to actually eat calories that our body, uh, converts that to energy ATP and that's done in the mitochondria the mitochondria is so cool you can tell I'm like I love it right when I was a science (laughs) teacher my my kids always said Miss Levin we will never forget the mitochondria because it's the powerhouse of the cell but it has its own DNA separate from the nucleus which has all of your chromosomes from your mom and dad are in your nucleus but in your mitochondria has a set of DNA that's only from your mom so essentially you can trace back your maternal DNA from forever, right? So we did that and ours came back as Zuni Indian. Generation after generation after generation after generation. So hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of years back, we are Zuni Indian. 
my mom, your mom, her mom, her mom, her mom, her mom, her mom, all the way Zuni traced back into Eskimo, which, you know, if you study anything about anthropology and human genetics, you know that the humans came to America from Africa over the Bering Strait, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got even DNA all the way up there. But we are Zuni Indian. And I thought that was so cool because I also was studying anthropology, the culture side, and we were studying Native Americans. And, you know, we're, we're Mexican Americans, but a lot of Mexicans are actually mm-hmm. indeed Native American Indian mixed with some type of Spanish or European blood, right? Yes. Well, this story goes, Coronado was looking for the seven cities of Cibola, and he came to New Mexico looking for the Fountain of Youth. Well, he didn't find it, but he took a group of Zuni people to Mexico, and that's how our people got to Mexico. So yes. um, originally, a long time, thousands of years ago, we were probably actually hundreds of years ago. Yeah, hundreds. 1700s is when they started coming over 17, you know, 1600s, mm-hmm. coming over and migrating and, and moving. Uh, Native Americans were kind of moving and, and getting, um, you know, transported around the country, right? Yes. Because they took a lot of them as as slaves. Yes. So we ended up in Mexico, which is why everybody said we are just Mexican. But in our DNA, we have Zuni. We have Zuni blood. And it's so it's been so great to have that connection to New Mexico, because even now I get to go back every year. uh, Very blessed that my husband does business there. And so we go once a year and I'm continuing that tradition that we that you started when we were kids. And I just love walking through the city and looking at all the art and learning more about my culture and the people there. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful state. So um, I enjoy learning about other Native American groups, Pueblos. And um, it, I think it's going to be great. I, I'm look, looking forward to learning a little bit more about some different groups of Native Americans. Yes. And your husband does a great job of buying you some beautiful, beautiful Zuni jewelry, which the Zunis are known for. But my own little spiel about that is, you know, I remember you put it on Wikipedia. Remember that, that you had learned that uh, in Louisville, Clovis Man was found right near where your mom lives. And mm-hmm. I and the stupid Army Corps of Engineers dynamited when they were making Lake Louisville, they dynamited and destroyed all the artifacts that were there and you know i remember raquel <clears throat> when i first started you know my business in old town some attorney had a, a plaque on the wall and it really angered me and this was before i knew i was native american it said and i quote no uh uh no indian was ever present on this spot and then when you call me and also say mom did you know that Clovis Mann and for people who don't know who Clovis Mann is Clovis Mann uh, first appeared in the state of Texas right near where your mom lives and where you grew up 15,000 years ago was the Clovis Mann and we had proof but unfortunately all that remains on that site where they where they dynamited and then they had found the artifacts is it is a state sign. You know, it is a state, it it is registered as a historic place. And it does tell you the history that Clovis Mann, who was also from New Mexico. So isn't that, isn't that kind of bizarre that your mom lives 
two miles, not even two miles from where Clovis, the first man. Yeah, half, a, half a mile from, yeah, the Clovis, are, they're, they're also known as the Paleo Indians, the first Indians. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're the hunter-gatherers as we know it. So they're, um, a lot of what we study was finding the tools and the stone and they created the bone tools. They created arrowheads to hunt and, you know, dig and create all kinds of you know, all that's left, like you said, are artifacts. But um, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting you, where you ended up and where you chose to live and where you choose to vacation, right? <laughs> a lot of us uh, have not tapped into that ancestral knowledge, uh, but you have through meditation and prayer. And I think it's amazing because uh, guess what? I, I walk the streets of Santa Fe every year and people think I live there. <laughs> they think I'm native and I am. I said, well, I didn't grow up here, but long ago my ancestors did and that's why you know i love the food and that's why i love even the smells santa fe Mm -hmm. smell um that pinion wood just you know i always bring home a little incense for my own home and it just you know transports me back to that place and a simpler time i always kind of think back man i'd love to be a hunter-gatherer or you know yes when times are a little bit more simple so uh, getting to escape to santa fe is a beautiful place and i love that you ended up and reside just uh you know, less than a mile from the where Clovis Man was found in Louisville, Texas. Yes, and and you put that on Wikipedia. So well done on that. Well, um, we will also uh, have you back in the podcast studio next week, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, ways to be grateful and speak. And that's a, this is a good transition because you know Thanksgiving is supposedly just an American holiday, although I understand some other countries do do have Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is, you know, an original American uh, holiday that is because when, you know, the Europeans came across the sea and they met with our ancestors here on in North America, Raquel, they had a dinner and they decided to be friends. At that time, but as we know, things did change for the worse for Native Americans. But I think the pendulum is going, you know, is is swinging back towards people are really honoring and have respect for those that were here originally. And, you know, the Department of Interior has its very first Native American woman who is the director. So, um, but next week we'll be back in the podcast studio. We'll talk a little bit about being grateful. We'll also talk a little bit about how to, you know, reuse and also reduce uh, some of that food waste that we know we're going to have a lot of food next week. So we want to make sure we consume it all or send it home with people or freeze it or, you know, compost it, whatever it is. So, uh, we'll be back in the podcast studio with, uh, next week with Raquel and hopefully, uh, my voice will be in better shape, but uh, it's good to have you back, Raquel. So before we hop off, what do we say? Stay earthy. Y'all stay earthy. Bye. The Earthy Girls are here to inform, encourage, and inspire you to take that one small step for our planet. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you love it, download it and share it with a friend and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you and y'all stay earthy. Perfect. That was good. Okay. Awesome. All right. Have a great day. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.